Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined as always by my co-host Nikki. Hi Nikki. Hello. Uh, and we're also joined today by the sounds of my flat. <laughs> yes, we, we are joined by sound of man drilling. Well, there's a man drilling. There's also somebody who every, every so often for about two minutes will play some really, really loud music that sounds a bit like thunder going off. And then they'll they'll just cut it out. Like they really need to get some raving out of their system. They do it for about a minute, and then they're like, oh, "Okay, I'm good." <laughs> That's fine. We're all here for the ambiance. <laughs> so, yeah, but you yes, that? it's been a while. It has I'm been a sorry. while. Yeah, we've. Um, I think we, there's just a lot going on. In the there game till five lives and families and what's not. And, you know, it's fine, I, but... I kind of miss the pandemic. It was very quiet. Oh, yeah, right? It's not quiet going anymore. On. It's too busy now. Mm. Don't like it. I'm not saying I want to go back because those were difficult times. And I'm not saying that we're not still in a pandemic because we are. But uh, I just... Busyness is happening and it just becomes really difficult to be able to sit down and do a top five. Yeah, lockdowns were simpler times for the top fives. It was crazier times, like is in in our minds. Oh yeah, <laughs> but simpler. Yeah, we might have uh, lost some sanity points in those times, but still, simpler. A lot simpler. But anyway, we're back. We are, uh, and we've got an exciting episode today. But before we get into that, um, we've got we've got some news. We do do the news. I'm right. So before I hear you all fucking tutting and sighing in your heads when I mentioned bloody game till five hats all over again, <laughs> we've actually gone and done it now. So as we speak, as you're listening to this, um, we actually do have our game till five hats. Our merch store is officially open. It's still mm. summertime, but you can buy a hat if you want one. Well, you say it's summertime, but this currently in the UK... <laughs> I don't know. We've had a week of summer and then it's bugged off again. So it's you know, true. Get so you your need woolly a beanie. You need one. Yeah. Um, so you can find our lovely Game Tool 5 beanies. Um, we have an Etsy merch shop and uh, you can get there via our website. There'll be like the little merch tab or you can just go onto Etsy and um, just search Game Tool 5. Probably no spaces. You'll find our little shop and, and they're all there for your perusing needs. Yeah, we've got the three colours. If you've checked out any of our recent live shows, we've showed them off. But the three colours for all you audio people are uh, black, teal and a maroon red. Yes. Very nice. Um, It is the beginning of our clothing empire, as we we believe. Maybe. I mean, it took (laughs) us long enough to just make some hats. Mm. But maybe in a year or so, we'll have something else. You might have one other item on there, you know. It's, we've got something to look forward to and work towards, you know? We're, yeah. we're, we're testing out the waters. We are testing out the waters, to be fair. This is mostly just like a little bit of a test for us um, in clothing-wise to get stuff done. And we'll probably do like more gaming stuff that's not necessarily games or pipe related in the future. Um, but as you know, we've waffled on about this long enough. Um, we just wanted to say we finally just did it. So, yeah, yeah, have a little look. We'll try and put a link as well in the episode description for you. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we'll post about it on our socials. So you can just check all of the Game Till 5 and news. And I'm sure you will find a link somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the ether. But yeah, yeah without further ado, um, let us just get on to the quick topic of our, our episode today. Yeah. So today's episode, we're going to be doing boss fights. So video game boss fights. The big bosses. Yeah, these are going to be the boss fights that, um, well, either pretty epic, I guess, or we remember for one yeah. reason or another. I'm going on epic slash interesting because some of mine are probably questionable. Mm. Some people probably look at that and be like, no, but it's stuck in my mind, so... Yeah, I think stuck in my mind is probably the right route to go. I think some of mine are just in here because I found them the most irritating. Oh, that's a top five. Well, I mean, more like it was the one that I fought the hardest to ah, do. It was know? a good challenge, I assume yeah. you mean. <laughs> I fucking hated it. I mean, that phrase might get used several times. <laughs> um, cool. But yeah, let's um, let's get into it. All right. What are you buying? How about a game of Lucky Hit? Oh, a three-headed monkey! Oh! Let's go! I guess it's worth mentioning the true sound of an incoming boss battle is this gentleman right here who will chime in if we get a crossover. Oh! He is the biggest and baddest boss of them all and we all know it. Yep, we all bow down to Beadle when he arrives, and it basically just means that someone has got somebody else's list item. Someone's about to get beaten mm. in one way or another. Taken into the cupboard. But I don't think we're actually going to have any, I'll be honest. No. No. So, I don't know who's turning it to go first, but I have a weird feeling it's you. Yeah, I I don't know either, so I'm happy to go first today. Go for it. All right. So to kick off our top five boss fights, I'm going with uh, my number five, the Archdemon from Dragon Age Origins. Oh, Origins. <laughs> Are you fucking shitting me? So this is the one that I thought that we we're going to have a crossover. Is oh, it? Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. For God's sake. <laughs> Literally, as I'm like, no, no crossovers, no. And I've then... gone weird. <laughs> oh, this was this too bad. This was the one that was probably the most normal for me. Okay, I don't even know what I'm going to fucking put in here now. Jesus. All right. Well, shouldn't have made me go first. Um, <laughs> you can help me talk about this because I don't have a lot of things to say about this. Um, so the Archdemon is the big, the big bad of uh, Dragon Age Origins, and um, for a game that's labelled about dragons this is like the first time you get to fight a dragon which i thought was an interesting point about dragon age but yeah no agreed <laughs> like like after a game that's called dragon age the fact that you see like one dragon right at the end <laughs> yeah it's a little and, bit anticlimactic and he's also he's a weird dragon so the arch demon is like i don't know he's like more of like he's taken over a a dragon body it's more like a evil old god that's just kind of sending yeah. off darkborn and stuff into the into the town and uh fucking some shit up and um he's also taken the body of a dragon so it's not like it's like i don't know smaug 
Smelg. 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 Yes, I know Smelg. I think I'm having a stroke today. I don't know what's going on with my mouth. It's just not working. Your milf. My mouth. Oh, it's okay. It's been a little while. We're out of practice. Yeah, I just can't talk. Um, but yeah, it's not like it's you know a named dragon some doing some stuff and being evil. It's just yeah. I, I think, yeah, it, I mean, you said it right. It's it's an old god. Like the art, but the archdemon, I find one of the reasons why I like this this fight so much is because like everything like leads up to this point. Yeah. Like that you hear like this fucking archdemon, the old god dragon, like talks to you and stuff for out and is like really kind of there for out and he's just this real big villain, but quite scary. I'm not really sure kind of what he is. Um, although I'm not quite sure what who they are really, but. So it, with this pivotal moment when they appear at the end of the game is, I think, quite intense and quite epic. Yes, definitely. And I think it does that true good thing that Bioware managed to get across where you get to the end of a game and you're going into the last fight. And it feels like once you get into that last fight, it feels like everything you've been doing during the game has like like you said, built up to this moment, like everybody, all your characters have returned that you've met along the way. All of your companions are kind of there ready to go in or are with you in the actual fight of it. Um, and there's like a lot of other stuff going on in this fight. Um, it's kind of set on, I guess, the roof of a castle, I guess is the only way I can describe where mm-hmm. you are. And there's just a lot of other people around, like other soldiers and stuff trying to fight it. It's not like they've gone like, oh, we're just going to send this group of four people to go deal with what's going on and the dark spawn and the big evil bad like no we're gonna send everybody we possibly can which feels really cool yeah no it is it's a very epic fight like it feels Mm. but it's it's quite it's an old game now dragon age origins and it does look quite dated when you see it but at the time you were like wow this is this huge massive like penultimate fight and as you said there's loads of stuff going on in the backgrounds and you're on like the top of these battlements and there's those are the people that are helping you, like knights and stuff in the background. So it genuinely feels very epic. And, he, and it flies around as well, which I remember thinking was pretty cool. Yeah, it does. You, like, it's not one of those dragons that just has wings but never uses them. He does get up and go around and do stuff. And I think, like you said, it does feel like the biggest fight in the game, which is mm. a, a great thing to have for a main like finale boss essentially like that's what you want um yeah and you get to do the really cool thing towards the end of the fight where your kind of character does some cool moves that they don't normally do and they get on top of him and smash him in the head and that kind of stuff like it just yeah. cements that you're kind of doing this final very final cinematic mm, yeah this is a good choice I- of words I wanted to mention as well, one of the reasons why I think I picked it was because of the setting around it. So obviously I'm I'm not going to go into the main core plot line of the game, but especially towards the end of the game, you have some decisions to make. And Mm. uh, I mean, I don't know what you chose because I mean, I was in love with Alistair, but you, I think you get the option to have him take down the beast, um, which kills him because killing an archdemon, I think you kind of, you die in the process. Or him sleeping with Morrigan, uh, one of the, the lady witches of the game. And because I was dating him, I didn't want him to die. So I was like, Alistair, you're going to have to take one for the team here, mate. And you're going to have to make a baby with that lady so you don't die. And I think it just made the whole situation very, like, bittersweet. Because, I mean, I, <laughs> I killed the Archdemon in the end. I was fine because I, I didn't die. I don't know. But I can't remember the logistics of it all. 
but that's the thing that you got to do and so it kind of has this kind of overarching like sadness like oh my boyfriend's just slept with someone else now i've got to feel this <laughs> fucking dragon yeah it's a lot of oh. moral quandaries that it throws at you <laughs> right at the end when you're like guys can we discuss this another time i've just taken down like a giant dragon beast old god thing and we're discussing like logistics of well you're gonna go be king but you also might have to go sleep with this person <laughs> yeah it's very it's intense it's an intense time and i just mm. i thought it was worth mentioning uh, it's a good point i kind of forgotten about that i honestly can't remember what i chose i think I think because I was also dating Alistair, but I wasn't as into him as as you were because I was dating somebody else before that. And I think I Mm -hmm. realized that the one I was dating before that wasn't going to go anywhere. So I ditched him and went with Alistair in the end. Um, So you made him do the dirty with... I think so, yeah. I think I was like, I'll I'll be the sacrificial lamb here. Like, I'll take one for the team. Because I think that was my vibe. That's normally my vibe in Bioware games is to go the nicest route possible. Yeah, don't know but why. But then you die, don't you? Yeah, you do actually, because I've not played Maybe. any of the others. So what happens in the second one? Are well, you did a you die person? though? Because I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I then married Alistair and everything was fine, or we were married beforehand. I can't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure you die, Alistair, or Alistair dies. I don't know. Maybe this is not the time to discuss the ending of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should already said there's probably quite a few spoilers in this episode, considering we're yeah. talking about bosses, and these are going to be a lot of end game. But actually, things. probably more questions than anything, because we're not actually sure. Um, yeah. But men, play it and find out. Yeah, someone remind us. Play it and tell us what you get. Is there death? Is there marriage? Is there somebody making a baby with a We don't remember. We haven't done our research well enough. <laughs> I really haven't today. Um, That's fine. I, I also don't have any facts, so I don't know if you had any facts for this, because I, I wanted to find uh, them specifically about the Archdemon, like, kind of, as a thing, but... No, I, I don't, actually. I don't think I found any. Yeah, it was difficult. For some reason, for being the big bad of the game, he had no facts, so... It's okay, we've spoken about Dragon Age a lot, so it's fine. Yeah, this is true. And it's only my number five. So, um, what number was this on your list? This was number three. Oh, okay. So I'm currently trying to fit something in there, but I, I'm not quite sure. But we'll get there. Mm. For now, we're on my number five, which is a funny one. I'm going to say it's a funny one because it was one that I, I don't know. I just, I kind of went off a bit of a whim and I wanted to have a boss fight from this game. And I couldn't decide because I actually quite enjoyed all of them, mm. even though they're very novelty. Um, and that is Dingo Dial from Crash Bandicoot 3. Oh, nice. I, like I love Crash Bandicoot bosses. I th- People get really annoyed with them and they think they're really tedious and quick and probably a bit shit. But I love them. I don't know what it is. I just think they're really quirky. Um, so Dingo Dial is, he is the guy that's like a combination of a dingo and a crocodile, if you didn't get that from the name. He's Australian, obviously. That's where he comes from. And uh, he's obviously a villain from Crash Bandicoot. And uh, basically... You find him, he introduces himself when this portal basically comes up and he's working for Uka Uka and Cortex to collect crystals and tells Crash not to interfere. Crash is like, I'm going to fucking do it anyway. And he starts a fight with you in the kind of Ice Age environment. So his fight that he has, because they all kind of are always really unique. 
um, mm. Crash Bandicoot bosses. And there was a few that, that I wanted to pick from. Um, but this one, I think particularly I loved, especially in the remake in the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, which if you haven't played and you're a big Crash Bandicoot fan, I recommend. He basically is in the middle of the, the map and he has these like rotating icicles around him, all different colors, and they look really pretty in the remake. And he basically like fires out and you have to kind of trick him into firing into the crystals so that you can kind of uh, make like an entrance way to then go hit him. But it's actually not as easy as it sounds. Um, he's at, like most Crash Bandicoot bosses, it's frustrating yeah. and annoying. And although <laughs> you can, yeah, obviously normally it's like a three hit kill. It normally takes a while to get there. Um, but I just really, I just really enjoyed this one. I just, I like the fact that um, because they're all rotating, you have to find like the entrance in. It's not easy, um, but I just yeah, it was just one like one of the ones that stuck out in my mind from all of the ones um, in Crash Bandicoot, and it's just cool. It's number five. It's not very high up in there. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm with you. I had um, I had uh, Crash as uh, a couple Crash bosses in my honorable mentions, and one of them was Dingo Dial, and the other one was Ripper Roo. Yes, I like that one as well. Yeah, there was a yeah. few that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, there there has loads of them as well as like Cortex and, as the main ones. But I know what you mean. It's it's something about that classic feeling of boss, and I think Crash does that really well. Um, even though, like you said, they are quite frustrating. It's it, but it kind of is the whole point. Like Crash is a frustrating game most of the time. Yeah. Like, that's what it's designed to be. So I just like as well. Like there's this other element of kind of figuring out what to do in that moment especially in some of them because they won't it doesn't say to you oh jump on these boxes avoid these boxes do this puzzle um mm. and then hit the boss you kind of have to figure it out through trial and error and i enjoy that and like i think it might have been the other one you were talking about ripper rue and there's a few others where there's like it's like almost like jumping puzzles within a boss fight yeah. and i just i like having that extra dynamic i don't know why it's just it just makes my brain happy yeah, it just works well. I mean, the whole point is you're playing a platformer game, really. Yeah. So having that integrated into when you're also doing bosses just kind of makes sense. It's yeah. Cool. There's not much else to really add. Um, I don't think. But I've got some facts. I've got nice. some facts. Um, so apparently at one point, everyone thought that Dingo Dial was dead. Um, oh. Because Cortex has a line from Crash Team Racing where he shouts, "I made shoes out of Dingo Dial," which is very rude. Um, but, a, but apparently, Dingo Dial did not die. That's f fact for you there. I love it. I love <laughs> these kind of facts. Um, I'm going to say this fact just because I want to say this word on the podcast. But apparently, Dingo Dial's distinct accent and choice of clothing calls to mind the archetype. Um, in Australia of a bogan slash ocker. <laughs> Apparently it's like the equivalent to a hillbilly in redneck, which is a word that I, I do enjoy. I would never walk around. I've been to Australia. I love the place. I would never walk around saying the word bogan because I feel like I would get killed. But I just really enjoy the word bogan. It's a so, good word. I'm with you. Dingadal confirmed is a bogan. <laughs> you. This is why people listen to this podcast for facts like that. <laughs> Now you know. You can take that to your family. Spread it. It's 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 good information. What Did can you know I say? That? I am a fact bearer. <laughs> um, an actual interesting fact about Dingo Dal is that apparently, although not officially confirmed, Dingo Dal bears a resemblance to the Bunyip, which is a mythological Australian swamp ah. monster. This is similarly um, notable through Dingo Dal's fusion of crocodile and dingo, knowing that Bunyip depictions vary from mammalian to reptilian. 
It is also shown in Crash 4 that Dingo Dow lives in a trailer in Mosquito Marsh, which is another possible nod to the Bunyip's local description in lakes, rivers, billabongs, creeks and swamps across Australia. So, yeah. Nice. He is That's possibly cool. a Bunyip and a Bogan. I love the word Bunyip. Bunyip is... <laughs> I've never heard it, but I like it. Oh, I ha- I'd heard it before, but it's one of those words I'd forgotten. I've forgotten about a Bunyip. And now I feel like I'm going to start calling people Bunyips. All right, you old bunyip. Yeah. It's endearing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my little bunyip. How's it going? That is quite cute, to be fair. Um, Last and final fact, because I am a lady of facts today, is that apparently in a removed scene from Crash Twinsanity, Dingo Dahl was shown preparing for a date with Torna before their romantic dinner is interrupted by Crash and Cortex and a giant snowball destroying his shack. Um, but in the final version of the game the scene was altered so that Dingo Dial was just reading a book instead I realised I couldn't remember who Torna was yeah I was just about to ask do we remember who Torna was because I don't is Torna the very attractive um, uh, bandicoot that that, that tr- uh, Crash likes I'm about to find out because I've got oh it is yeah Torna is the hot Bandicoot. The hot bandicoot. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just Googled. It's the blonde. So the blonde bandicoot yeah. that isn't Coco. Yes. So Dingo Dial and Torna, canon. Oh, okay. Maybe we're going on a date rather than with Crash. Yeah. I mean. Maybe that's why he's so mad. Mm. <laughs> that's why he wants to kill Crash. It's not, it's not for any other reason other than for that hot lady. <laughs> I'm just looking, they did like a redesign for the new Crash that came out not that long ago. Crash 4. They did. Yeah. I like her. She yeah. looks sassy. She is. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's my number five. Nice. Okay, good number five. Yeah, I'm yes. glad you mentioned Crash ones because I, like I said, I had them in my honourable mentions. So I'm glad that one got a mention. Oh, you bunyip. Right. Um, <laughs> number four. My number four is uh, Dr. Robotnik, or Dr. Edman, uh, in his drill boss form from Sonic 3. Nice. So this one, I think, is from, like, level, I want to say, like, level three. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, like, the end of that. You get there, and his old Dr. Robotnik in his little drill thing. Um, Mm. And then he kind of, like, tries to smash down on you from the top, and then at some point... He smashes so much that the earth falls away and you're then lifted into the air by tails and he turns into like a flying drill machine. It's like his little ball thing that Robotnik sits in a lot of the time with just a drill on the front. And it was around the same times where it was the... the, I'm talking like the 2D Pixel ones that were on uh, Mega Drive and those kind of things. Um, So it's a lot of like just him going along the screen doing stuff, like trying to hit you. And I don't know what it is about this one. I just, it, it's forever stuck in my brain. I think because I remember getting kind of stuck at this level and stuck at this boss in particular. Um, and I th- I blame mostly Tails. So when you're in the air part of it, Tails was kind of holding onto you and then you jump into Robotnik. Um, like you let go of Tails, jump onto him. And then you kind of like fall away to the bottom of the screen and Tails comes and picks you back up. But whenever Tails brings you back up into the screen, he seems to always bring you back up into the pathway of Dr. Robotnik. And I'm like, Tails, can you not, can you not That's think so about Tails. this? I know. Where are you bringing me? He's just, I don't, yeah. I, and I think that's the one of the only reasons I've picked this particular form. Because I think there's lots of other like, 
generally Dr. Robotnik in all of his little boss fights is always just doing something different. He's always got mm-hmm. some machine that he's built and he's trying to smush you with it either way. Um, but this one, I think in particular, because it feels a bit different because you're doing the kind of half flying thing. Um, yeah. It was just a bit more fun. Um, and I kind of liked that we got Tails and Sonic together, even though Tails is mostly useless. Um, yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned him, though, to be honest, because thinking back, like, I, it didn't even cross my mind. I think he was 100% like one of my favorite, like, bosses back in the day. Mm, um, yeah. I just, I love his design and everything. And I actually really enjoyed, like, the fights at the end of each level. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I wanted to pick one of them, and this is just the one that kind of stood out for me, but they were all fun, like, throughout all of the Sonic games from that era like one to three um i keep meaning to try sonic mania because apparently it's some good ones in that which is basically the return of the 2d kind of pixel sonic going on again um and i think there's some ones in that again although he's now called mr eggman or dr eggman of course yes which i don't know which one i prefer i've always said i prefer him when he was robotnik but what about you how do you feel about eggman i just think that he's both and every and both and none at the same time like I just feel like he is both Eggman and Robotnik and I can't differentiate between the two. Oh, interesting. That's fair. Like yeah. It's, it's just one and the same. Deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's both at the same time but not but neither. <laughs> every time Every time I look into his mustache it's just overwhelming. I mean, I think that Dr. Robotnik sounds more intimidating and like a villain, whereas I hear the word Eggman and I'm like, all right, come at me then. Like, I'm not afraid of you, Egg Eggman. Eggman. Like, I don't find that intimidating, but then I also find it quite cute because he does look a little bit like an egg. I mean, I yeah. Like, yeah. He's very eggy. I, it just reminds me of like the Beatles song. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. Eggman. Eggman. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dr. Robotnik is his name and Eggman is like an insult that we give him and that everyone calls him. It's like, mm. I'm not going to call Dr. Robotnik, Eggman. Um, that's like, you know, that, That's what he wants to be called, Robotnik, but he doesn't get called that. He gets called fucking Eggman. That's a good point, actually. That's definitely like of an insulting, yeah. insulting I know that name. you're probably going to get to the fact at some point, I think we've spoken about it, but there is the difference is something to do with like... Um, like location isn't it like japan called him eggman or something yeah that's his original name for some reason yeah. we got it as robotnik but um yeah that was actually his so original was, name was eggman was eggman okay that's fine um that isn't on one of my facts though but you have reminded me of an old fact um okay. the facts that i do have though is that um so one of the things was according to an interview with a game developer uh jay uh pataki um there's a message at the start of the special stages, you know, when you have all the little like things on the mm-hmm. balls on the floor and you've got to like change them all to blue. Apparently yeah. uh, that message at the start where it says get blue spheres used to say like get blue balls. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a good one. Um, and then it was changed by mostly male staff to avoid any sexual undertones. They were like, we see this coming. Get blue balls. Yeah, that's fair. Get blue balls. <laughs> Amazing. And like, how am I going to do this in the game? Like, is, what am I going to do with Sonic here? What kind of special stage is this? But yeah, so that that's where get blue spheres is, is now. But it could have been get blue balls. Um, And my second fact, which I think 
It's one of my favorite facts that I've got today is um, in 1994, when the game came out, the London pop group, Right Said Fred, of <laughs> I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt fame, um, was hired by Sega of Europe to do a promotional tie-in for the game, a song. Okay. The song, the song they created is called Wonder Man, and it was basically like it was released as a single, but it was like reworked the instrumental parts of it and the lyrics to tie into the game. So there's some lyrics in there that are about like Sonic, like going fast and a blue hedgehog and stuff, and the and actual, having blue balls, yeah, and having blue balls, <laughs> and there's and the video I watched today of this because there's a video that goes with it. It's mm-hmm. mostly a right said Fred like music video, but there's just random clips of Sonic in there for no apparent reason. It doesn't work. It's a terrible song, but I mean Harsh I, words off stuff today. I just I mean, I'll play it for you. Okay. I'll play it for you. Hang on. Hey guys, that's you're uh, rejecting the shiny baldness of the materialistic 80s, right? What the hell? Right. Drop the song! Is that like a Today, accent? Tonight we interview a really big star. What <laughs> you? I don't know. This is what I mean. There's too much talking in this. Yeah. I don't During like this it. time, there's random clips. Oh, I do enjoy those vocals, though. I mean, it's right, separate. What's not to like? But <laughs> no, it's I mean, terrible. It's, it's terrible. Right, it's it's in the bin. So bad. I can't even bop to that. I'm... Oh wait! Oh wait! Here we go. I was gonna say, let's get to the chorus. Right, you've got to send me this later because I've got to see this in full action. But um, yeah, the video, the video is an absolute treat. Um, I do recommend watching at least two minutes of the video. Um, Where can we find it again? What's it called? It's called Wonder Man by Right Said Fred. Um, (laughs) Go to your nearest YouTube and Google it. You will be very disappointed. Uh, and that is my entry for number four is Dr. Robotnik's Drill Boss from Sonic 3 amazing well I'm glad that Eggman got a mention yeah Um, my number four is a boss from Borderlands 3 it is the Agonizer 9000 which is controlled by two characters called Pain and Terror amazing so I'll get to why they're called that momentarily, but basically, Borderlands 3, main enemies, like kind of main antagonists are the Calypso twins, um, and they basically brought these two people who are basically bandits called Pain and Terror, um, and they've got them to join the Children of the Vault, which is basically like a a cult. Um, They have taken um, one of the beloved characters from the... um, from the series and you're basically going off to save her but basically pain and terror have kind of created this uh this kind of arena um they thrive on carnage and bloodshed as most bandits do and they've created this sort of event where they celebrate mindless acts of slaughter um in a place called carnivora that's kind of like entertaining slaughter people are like loving it they're you know it's a little bit like a battle arena type thing um the the reason why i fucking love pain and terror is because they are based off of the real life magician duo pen and teller oh amazing um 
and pain is voiced by Pendulette himself. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. Apparently, um, apparently he is good friends with um, Creative Borderlands. Randy, can't remember his name. You know, Randy. Oh, Randy Pitchford. <laughs> that's the one. Um, I didn't write down his side but I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's Randy. <laughs> guy, Randy, Randy. from South Park. Um, so the, yeah, they have like this amazing like little boss intro that you get like in Borderlands, um, and Payne basically looks exactly like um, Pen Gillette. Terra um, is obviously based on Teller, yeah. um, but he is basically has mouth sewn up, which right, which, yeah, because Teller doesn't kind of, talk. Yeah, which obviously shows it's kind of like his equivalent where he doesn't really speak on stage. So therefore, Terra doesn't really speak either. Um, and yeah, so there's these like, two guys and they're obviously running this kind of like slaughter arena and they've created this thing called the Agonizer 9000 and they basically like jump up on it and that's kind of like your boss to help get um, your, your friend back. But it's just, I mean, to be honest, I was won over as soon as I fucking saw Pen Gillette because Pen Gillette always reminded me of the character Torg from the series Borderlands. I think I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that. Um, like in a very kind of intense. I remember when I first saw Torg, I was like, this guy sounds like Pen Gillette. This guy is just seems like Pen Gillette. This just this, everything about this guy is just amazing. And then obviously, then they actually got fucking Pen Gillette as his own character, and I was like, this is just incredible. Um, but the boss itself is quite fun. I think a lot of people got frustrated by it. It's effectively a ginormous, like, big skull robot thing in the centre of the room. And it's, it has very similar dynamics to the kind of whole Crash Bandicoot PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 boss era, where um, there's, at some points, he, like, knife chops down and you've got to kind of jump away to avoid it. And then there's a chainsaw that kind of spins around and you've got to jump over it. And then there's bits, like, where there's flame jets kind of on the floor that you kind of need to avoid. So it kind of has that thing which I love about a boss fight, which is not only kill the boss, but also, like, jump around and do stuff to avoid it. It was just very mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And the setting was just very fun as well. And then you also hear Pendulette's voice lines all throughout, which is quite comical and quite hilarious. And I just enjoyed it. I mean, one thing that you'll clearly learn from my picks, everybody, is that I genuinely don't care too much about a boss fight being challenging as long as, like, there's some cool dynamic or, like, whether it's good voice lines or just something a little bit different or something a little bit fun. I don't... Or just interesting. I Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with just those things. That's fair, though. Like you said, and especially when it's in a game like Borderlands where that's not necessarily something you're doing all the time. It's mostly just the shooting aspect yeah, exactly. so when you mix something in that's slightly different it just it sticks in your brain like you remember it it's just something more interesting to do yeah it was it was just, it was just very it was just very cool and i was like pendulette <laughs> i mean yeah what's not to like that's all i need to say i love it i love it um I don't really have any other facts other than, because the facts are basically going to be that, you know, it's based on them, is the fact that apparently Pendulette has been cast in the Borderlands movie. Oh. I think he's going to play Torg, personally, because he sounds like Torg. And yeah. he sort of looks like Torg. So if Torg is in the movie, I imagine Pendulette will probably be playing him. That's who they'll get as like a cameo of this friend. That's but... just my thought. I don't know. I yeah. don't know how I feel about this movie to begin with, so. <laughs> I mean, it's it is that it's just that thing. Whenever you hear this video game is being made into a movie, just alarm bells go off because they're just mm -hmm. it never works. Even no. the even the good ones that we kind of have enjoyed over the years aren't great movies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Really, 
I just don't know how they're going to get the humour in it, like, without it coming across as lame. Yeah. That's kind of my thought. And some people probably be like, oh, yeah, it'll be great. Like, you can have funny movies. Like, you know, there are movies that are funny and they don't come off as being, like, rubbish. But I don't know. I just... I mean, that, this is a whole other topic, really. But we've done we've done a whole episode on top of video game movies, to be honest. We have, but yeah, Uncharted and Borderlands right now freaking me out. So yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> no, that's fair. I think the only exception to that is maybe the HBO The Last of Us series that's coming. Yes, actually, that one is probably the one that I feel the most comfortable with because the cast looks amazing. Not that the cast in the other ones aren't. I mean, some of them are questionable, but I I think that The Last of Us is a is a sort of subject that can be done well as opposed to Borderlands. Where I'm a bit like, yeah. yeah. And series is different to movies. Like movies, yes, everything has true. to be fit in within the first like two hours slot yeah. that you you've got given. And obviously, when you've taken that from a you know eighty hour plus game, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult exactly. to get it all in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's that's my one done. Nice. All right then. I feel like we're flying through this today. Um my number 3 is going to be somebody I've spoken to sp- spoken about, spoken to. Somebody I've spoken to uh on many occasions. No, someone I have spoken, spoken about a couple to. times. Um is Ripto from Spyro 2. Ah, nice. So I think the reason I've chosen this particular one is because it feels like the most nostalgic form of boss fight for me like as well as the Dr. Robotnik ones that I had in my last one from like the 3D platform era this one just feels really classically the one for me it's got like three different parts to it so you start off just fighting him who's like a tiny little dinosaur creature man with a little scepter Um, and then once you beat him in that form he then gets like a robot version of one of his lackeys i think it's gulp first who's like a big giant um dinosaur and he sits on him and you have to beat that and then finally there's a third part where you then are flying around you get your like dragon flying powers and he's on like a another robo like dinosaur dragon and you have to fight him again that way and then once you do all of those three things you finally defeat him and i remember as a kid and I, I don't know if they, I can't remember with the remake whether if you die at this, like any point in that boss fight, you have to start from the very beginning again. I think you do because mm. in the original one you had to. And I remember it took me so long as a kid to do this final battle because you'd do really well. And then you'd mess up on like one of the stages, like early stages, and you'd never, never make it through to like the very final area because it was just such a long process to get through. Right yeah um but yeah i think him as a villain is my favorite one of spyro i think he worked really well so i think it was just that whole game was really good and again it had like that nice build-up of him being the main boss and when you finally got to it it was kind of this more epic uh boss fight with the three stages um and stuff and it just yeah that's just kind of like what what spoke to me about this one i really liked it do you remember what I called Ripto in a previous episode? No, I can't remember. I called him a little what's it. Yes, you did slash, call him a little what's it. Cheeto in a cape. <laughs> that is exactly what he is. He is a <laughs> like giant what's it slash Cheeto in a cape. Yeah. He's this little orange Just tube little angry, of a creature. Little angry chip. Yeah. 
he is and he is an angry angry thing like even in the remake where they've given him like a full new look kind of thing he still he still maintains that cheeto cape-esque if, if you google appearance. him it gives you like a side-by-side comparison of like og riptoe and then like reignited riptoe and it's fucking hilarious because like the one on on the left is like like little what's it being all angry and the other one's like this cool fucking dude yeah you can see that he actually is supposed to be like a dinosaur yeah oh so love good. him so so good yeah, that's all I have to contribute. <laughs> that's fair. To be perfectly honest, I think this is going to be another short entry from me. Um, other than it was just a cool boss fight and I enjoyed it and it took a while and it feels like that ending nostalgia with all the changing and stuff. That's kind of what I have to say about it. I don't have any facts because all the Ripto facts I had, I've said previously whenever we've spoken about him um, mm-hmm. and his weird little Cheeto ways. But I'm really glad you reminded me that he was in the Cheeto in the cave. <laughs> yeah. So now I have to slide in one of my own mentions. As my yes, you three. do. Um, and I've been umming and ahhing about this and I've decided I'm going to shove one in that might be a crossover, but I don't care. Um, I'm going to shove in a boss from Zelda Ocarina of Time and that is Bongo Bongo. Oh, okay. From the Shadow Temple, I think. Interesting, um, yeah. Yeah. One of the reasons why he was in my own mentions is because... I personally think that it's one of the coolest boss fights in Zelda Ocarina of Time, but also one of the creepiest and weirdest. So Bongo Bongo is like a giant clove of garlic floating in the dark sky with these like unattached hands and you're on a... (laughs) He is! He is like a clove of garlic, and then he has these big fat hands. That I need like, to Google what he looks like. Hang that on. That are like beating down on this drum. And it's actually very frightening. And he sings as he drums as well, like a very low undertone of like singing. Um, and you have to use the lens of truth as well to like see him mm. um, and to kill him. But it's just very haunting. It's like a fever dream. I don't like it. Um, I'm probably mentioning it mostly because it was it was terrifying. Yeah. But I guess it was cool. Like, I must admit it is cool, but um, in a haunting kind of way. You do the typical thing where once you stun them, they kind of fall and then you hit their, like, soft spot um, in his little garlic head. And then uh, probably, like, three times. That tends to be the lucky number in old games, doesn't it? Um, And, yeah. But he's all hands and he's creepy. He's very handsy man, is Bongo Bongo. I, I mean, I kind of, I'm looking at him, I kind of see what you mean about the clove of garlic and the hands. Um, I, I just remember it being really annoying that you're standing on that bongo drum the whole time. Because it's kind of when you have the um, the boots as well, the little floaty boots. Yeah. You use and it kind of like throws you around on it. And I remember that being really annoying. But It is annoying. Cool. It is. There is no part of it probably that's not annoying. It's just, I think, one of the most unique and weirdest. Yeah. But. It was an honorable mention, so. That's fair, yeah. I forget that you've just thrown, had to throw that in. I've thrown it in. um, Yeah. Because, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of people, um, especially looking at the comments, have been like, this is nightmare fuel, this terrified me, Um, I hate him, and that's why I love him. And so I think a lot of people have a, a similar feeling of like, this horrifies me, but it was good. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like he is, 
probably one of the worst ones to do because and the lens of truth is not easy to use while also no. fighting him so yeah it's a nightmare absolute yeah. nightmare i'm with you um no i don't ever want to look at his face ever again so let's move on let's just go away from that weird creepy <laughs> eye coming out of his butt um all right so my number two now um mm-hmm. So my number two is going to be um, a boss from Final Fantasy X, and that is one called Evray, or I don't really know how to pronounce it. It's E-V-R-A-E. Evray. That's what I've always okay. called it. So yeah. feel free to tell me that it's wrong. Um, it is basically a giant flying guardian worm thing that you fight on the back of an airship. And I was stuck for so long on this particular boss when I very first played the game so the reason I put it in here is probably because it was just the one of the most challenging boss fights I've ever had to do and because of I don't think it should have been but the problem was um when you were younger you kind of rush through a lot of the final fantasy I find um grinding is not really a thing that you go off and do um the problem with this particular boss is you're stuck on the airship so there's no possible way before this boss fight to go away, train, and kind of come back and try and beat him. Once you're kind of on this safe point on the ship, it's pretty much like you just have to go and fight him and that's it. It was in that kind of era of the way that Final Fantasy was set up in this particular game. Um, yeah. And in particular, you were missing Yuna. And so Yuna had all of the healing powers and all of the summoning powers. And she was just one of the most strong characters, basically, when you had her. And then she wasn't with you. So you had to do this fight without her, who I relied on all the time. And I couldn't go and train anybody up. So I just got really stuck. And I didn't want to restart the game because it's quite a way through. I'd say this is over three quarters, maybe, of the way through the game. It's definitely towards the last kind of quarter or so, maybe third. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just was so determined that I was going to do it eventually but it was going to take me forever and it did but eventually I managed to do it but it took I think a part of my soul and many many rage quit times it was one of those times where I constantly would put it on try and do it fail and just go okay I'll do it again next week was this was this this was on an airship and you were sort of flying through the sky and it was a big monster right yeah yeah okay so I remember this and I think I remember this is going to be a very old memory and I don't know if you'd remember, but phoning on a, like a telephone, <laughs> like a very old telephone, you and our other friend to mm-hmm. try and get help with this because I was like playing Final Fantasy X and I knew like you loved it and you were obsessed with it and I couldn't beat this fucking boss and I couldn't do it. And I remember like somebody, it might've been you and someone else, like giving me advice on what yeah. to do. Um, and I don't, do you know what? I think that was the last time I properly played that game because I never did it. I just think I just gave up. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was really difficult boss fight. And yeah, you're right. It was, so I think it was me, you and yeah, our other friend was stuck on it and she was also playing at the time and we combined our saves at the same point because I think we all got to the same point and we just tried, we were just at this point being like, we'll do it on one and then whoever, whoever does it, we'll just pass, we'll just copy the save to each other's yeah. uh, little, what were they called? The like memory cards. We'll, we'll yeah. just transfer it to a memory, <laughs> memory card cards, because yeah. we were all stuck. And yeah, it was so difficult. It had an interesting mechanic in it 
because you were on the airship and he was flying, you had one part of the one part of the fight was he was far away and your the airship would like fire a lot of like damage at him just as like a general story thing Sid who was always mm-hmm. in charge of the airship would fire a bunch of stuff at him and then it would move in close but once you were in close to Evray he would do this like um poison breath thing and petrification Ugh. thing and it, like the poison breath thing could like wipe out most of your team in one hit and you had to like try and get everybody you spent the rest of the time getting everybody back up and then maybe doing a tiny bit of damage to him and then the cycle would start over again. And eventually it stopped moving him away from you. It kind of, I think after three times, it always stays in close with him. So it's just this constant cycle of being slowed down and getting this poison breath. Mm-hmm. And you just eventually just die. And it's just was really difficult. Um, I think because of the fact, like it's always difficult in Final Fantasy when they make you use just one character or team members that you don't use very often. The old ones used to do that quite a lot where it would suddenly split your party into like groups or something. And you suddenly were like, but I rely on the, this particular team always. And then you were like left with this other like B team who were useless. And you were like, oh, I really should have trained these guys up or done something with them. But I haven't. And now I'm, and now I'm stuck. And that was a big part. I know of this it's the worst. Down. It's literally like, you just get, you're like, oh shit! I've not, I've not looked at this character in like twenty hours. They're not left about. <laughs> They've got nothing on them. They're basically naked. So now I've got like three naked people fighting this monster. It's not going to go well. Yeah, you always get stuck, and I think Final Fantasy did that all the time. And yeah, Every was just one of these ones, and I think that's what stuck in. Again, like you were saying, it was a little bit of a different fight because of the setting and the movement based stuff which was really cool but yeah i just I was just stuck forever eventually i did did kill him and went on to do the the rest of the story and he does come again later he comes back as a zombie version in which you can murder him in like two hits by throwing phoenix down at him so there's a spoiler of how to beat every a second time and it felt so cheap because it was like here was a here was a boss that i had to sweat so hard to get him down and then now he's come back and I've killed him by throwing some potions on him and that was it. <laughs> it was a bit of sweet moment for that bit. Yeah. But you but did you, it. Unlike me. But I did it eventually. <laughs> I will revisit one day. The day the day I did it, I lost my shit. And I have since played the like remake of Final Fantasy X and I beat every in one go. I, oh, because I knew he was coming up, I trained everybody up. <laughs> You're like, I've trained for this moment <laughs> for 15 years. I'm not letting you do this to me again, you every bitch. Yeah, that was exactly my thing. And I saw him and I was like, I am so ready for you. I'm, I'm so ready for you, you now. <laughs> you can do anything. You can conquer anything now. I've learned over the many years. Um, oh yeah, I couldn't find any facts for Everett either. Like, and I didn't want to do just some random Final Fantasy X facts because um, we've either done them or well, I'm sure they'll come up at some point. Um, it is such a good game, but in this particular boss fight was a was a struggle and just has remained with me forever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why that's why this one's in here. Nice. All right. My number two is a character that I think potentially was on my list of. Uh, my top five villains but it's on here and I'm not taking it off because it's it's a 
great fight in my opinion um and a lovely story that accompanies it i say lovely it's not lovely really it's obviously a boss fight so there's nothing lovely about it but um it's Wheatley, the boss fight with Wheatley in Portal 2. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a really good one. Completely forgot so about that. your character, Shell, is basically introduced to Wheatley at the beginning of the game. And he's your friend. He revives you from um, cryogenic sleep or hibernation. Um, and he basically helps you escape for a lot of the game. Um, and then he unfortunately becomes very power hungry due to GLaDOS, who was the other antagonist of Portal 1. Um poor programming when he um basically he i think he like takes over her body um and basically he decides that he wants the power now so he does go from being lovely a lovely little robot um core as they call them so he's just like a basically a spherical ball um and he becomes power mad oh he's he's voiced by stephen merchant by the way that's a very important fact yeah because stephen merchant is incredible i love that man and his voice acting is is on point throughout the whole game but anyway turns against you um, he also places GLaDOS, who is the personality from the first game, and she's obviously also in this one, um, into a potato. So you're, you, Shell, are now with um, Potato Gladys, who is not really your friend, but like you kind of realise that you now have a common enemy, which I personally always think is a really cool narrative in a game or even a movie yeah. when... There's like that saying, isn't it? Like the enemy of The enemy of my enemy, enemy. is my friend. So yeah. That's it. Something along those lines. So, and there's some cool dialogue between you and GLaDOS as well, where basically she's kind of like, well, I don't like you, but neither of us like him now. <laughs> so <laughs> let's team up. So you basically, you both team up to take to take Wheatley down. And... Uh, because he, he originally kind of like throws you both into the depths of Aperture Science Lab and uh, and you're kind of stuck. But you manage to get up to the room that he's in and he basically says to you, haha, I've seen your fight against GLaDOS before. I'm not going to let you do the same. Um, I'm smarter than you, etc., etc." But you manage to burst some pipes open in the room that contain some gels and you manage to get an advantage and use portals, which was originally something he stopped you from doing because the game is called Portal. It's about portals. You kind of, if you don't know that, I mean... By this point, it's very old game. I can't tell you how to get that it's portals in a game named Portal. <laughs> it's portals. So yeah, you kind of manage to get the advantage, and uh, you. The funny part is, you start to then like attach these uh, these faulty cores to him. So these faulty cores you've kind of seen throughout the game. So they look like him. They're just sort of balls, robot balls. That sounded a bit weird. Sorry, robotic <laughs> spheres. There you go. Robots. Go with spheres. Always go. Learn from Sonic. <laughs> Robot spheres. Because, um, I mean, Wheatley in itself, I guess, is faulty. Uh, but these these cores are definitely faultier. Um, one of them is the one that sort of just speaks about space. There's one that's just sort of, he's obsessed with space. He just keeps saying, I've got to go to space. I've got to go to space. Um, there's one as well, which I think is called Rick the Adventure Sphere, who basically just... He's like an action hero wannabe who just talks a lot of shit. There's a fact bot as well. We must talk about the fact bot because, I mean, I'm basically also a fact bot. Um, you. 
so yeah the the sort of dynamic of the fight goes you're sort of moving around him you're opening these portals you're smashing open these gels and there's quite a cool dynamic going on and then you attach the faulty cause to wheatley and it basically kind of fucks up his programming uh, but it's also just hilarious because obviously he's not going to enjoy having these like fucked up cores that are speaking absolute nonsense attached to him and the sort of the more you do obviously the more frustrated he gets and then you kind of end up defeating him and he does go to space with the other cause which is hilarious as well but yeah just the whole the whole sort of battle is probably nothing that special because you're not technically fighting him there's no kind of like you don't really have anything to fight with that's kind of not the the premise of portal but you kind of have to be smarter and you have to sort of do other things to kind of defeat him um so it's still technically a boss battle it's just a little bit different um so yeah once you sort of you've gone past all that it's just there's also just awesome narration from Stephen Merchant GLaDOS like it's just it's a lot of hilarity going on yeah I was gonna say the humor carries that part that whole section through Mm -hmm. and makes it interesting and fun to do because like you said you're really just connecting up these cores and that's kind of it um it's mm. not like you said. It's not like you're doing this crazy action it's thing. Not your where typical you're shooting, boss battle. Yeah, and diving behind things or anything. Um, but yeah, just the just the voices and all the stuff going on. It just makes it so good. Yeah, I just remember it being really intense as well because I was very upset that he fucked us over because he was one of my like as soon as I came across Stephen Merchant as Wheatley in the game yeah. and he was your friend, I was like, this is the most awesome thing. Like, I love this. And so when he turns on you, you're really kind of like taken aback. Mm-hmm. And then when you're like, shit, now I actually have to like fight him and destroy him. It's yeah, it's intense. And also you've got like GLaDOS, a potato with you who like is someone that you originally hated. So your worst enemy is now weakened into a vegetable um it's just it's a, the whole sort of the situation i think of this to yeah. me is what won me over yeah agreed i've just oh i love potato gladys that she's just a potato <laughs> with stuff plugged into her it's amazing speaking of personality cores or as i call them robot balls um nolan north actually voices some of the defective turrets and personality cores yeah. um he voices the rick the adventure sphere um nice. and apparently that the whole rick the adventure sphere is actually a nod to nathan drake potentially it's believed um which makes sense so yeah. i think they're just taking the piss out of him from that name like yeah. you can kind of get it that's cool yeah um i've i've mentioned a lot of facts about weekly before and so i'm not going to necessarily repeat them but nolan north also did the space ball one um and i think that's also where like this hilarious line from Stephen Merchant. I haven't actually got this written down, but I think like Nolan North had to keep shouting, like gotta go to space. And I think like <laughs> Stephen Merchant or something in like the corridor, like in real life shouted something about how like nobody cares mate or something like that. I can't remember. And they obviously like they put it in, they put it in the game. I can't remember exactly, but. Oh yeah, I do remember that story. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, another random fact is that apparently most of the animation of the personality cause was done by Karen Prell. Who um who also animated Red from Fraggle Rock, um, and Amazing. also does a lot of other animation from a lot of other old things, um and on new things too. But it was just the fact that that was a fact. I was like, I fucking just, love Fraggle Rock. Oh yeah, throwback to Fraggle Rock, always welcome. And uh, you know the fact I've got, which I think I might mention before, is that apparently Stephen Merchant was going to be unavailable. Valve decided that they were going to have talks with Richard Iwadi, best known as Moss from the IT crowd. Um, and also Gadget Man. He's been in many things since this fact was made, I think. Um, 
yeah uh to play Wheatley instead which I you know to be honest I love both of these men equally and Richard I would I, I kind of I, I want to live in a parallel universe where that did happen and I want to see it agreed because I'm fine with both of them doing it like I'm really glad Stephen Merchant did it because he's very I think funny. it suited him yeah but also I, I would like to see him. I don't know. I, I feel like Moss, well. like, sorry, not Moss. His name is Richard O'Hardy. I feel like Richard O'Hardy would have had like quite a, like a, a, a sort of Moss attitude though and would have been quite like frustrated. But like, I mm -hmm. think I would have quite enjoyed because Stephen Merchant could be, he's a, he's a great comedian, but he can be quite a savage comedian. So like, yeah. you know, when he was Wheatley, like he would really shut you down and his insults would be very cutting. Whereas I can't see Richard O'Hardy's insults being as cutting. It'd probably be more like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to live in that parallel universe, please. Yeah. Just so I can see. Just let us, just a little peek. Just give yeah. us something. If there's somebody from the alternative universe listening, that's or the thing Or make Portal 3 by Richard Iwadi, just so we can have something with Richard Iwadi in it. Yeah, I'd like him in a game of some kind, and that would be, I, that'd yeah, be good. I feel like he's been in a game, but I can't think of the top of my head right now, but I will look later. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I will. Um, anyway, diverting on. Um, that's it. That's my number two. So we're on to honorable mentions now, I think. We are on to our honorable mentions. Um, I, I'm i just going to mention... So we we spoke about one of mine. I've not got loads. Um, we mentioned Crash Bosses already. I had Referu. Uh, I wanted to mention Grunty from Banjo oh, and yes. Kazooie. Because her thing with the questions is just a really interesting one. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about the Valkyries from God of War, because they're really difficult. And I don't think I've finished half of them, but they were really entertaining to do. Uh, and they looked amazing. Um, and then I also wanted to talk about uh, Professor Hojo from Final Fantasy VII. Nice, nice. He was, a, uh, he was one of those ones I got stuck on when I first yeah. played the game. He was difficult difficult man yeah um so mine i don't know how to pronounce this but i've written it down as a uh, older from wind waker who was kind of like a tribal um boss who sang a very disturbing and creepy song um that's all i can tell you because that's all i've written um a boss called the caretaker in the witcher 3 which was the dlc which i think was the heart of stone dlc which oh, was nice. the creepiest guy i don't know if i had him in my top five monsters um i'm not sure but he's absolutely fucking terrifying and that was really the only reason i put him down um my only other one i had was the warrior from borderlands 2 which was the final the final fight when you go into the vault at the end um it was a very cool fight um i enjoyed it a lot i just i decided that i liked Pendulette more apparently. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and I wanted to go a bit different. So yeah, but that's that's all I've got. I really struggled with this one. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's generally I don't necessarily enjoy boss fights that much. I think yeah. that's one thing I've learned about myself is often I find them quite frustrating, and I don't enjoy a challenge. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. If you and if there is, they're not. I'm not gonna. There's probably not a very true sentiment, but I'm going to say it anyway. They're not very common, I think, as they used to be. It used to be no. a very big trope that you had in pretty much every game we played, especially if you played a lot of platforming-based games um, that are pretty classically like synonymous with those. And now I think the way we've got a little bit more story-based stuff, nobody, nobody has quite the same final boss or regular boss vibe as they used to. Yeah, there's definitely only certain games, I think, that continue on that kind of that thing and a lot of them are normally 
kind of quite grindy games i mean borderlands can be very grindy but i know like i think like what dark souls has a lot of that kind of stuff things like world of warcraft like very kind of grindy battle heavy fighting games and i think they're not typically the games i play anyway yeah um that's probably why i went for a lot of like very unique boss battles and slash older platforming ones yeah i think that's fair i think i've I've gone very similar i've gone quite old Mm. old with all my games i think but we're on to number one. So I think, is it you first or is it me? I can't even remember. It is me. It's my number okay. one. Um, so for my number one, I've gone very classic, but I've gone with Ganondorf slash Ganon from the Ocarina of Time. Nice. I'm glad you picked this because I didn't. Yeah, I just, I really wanted to mention him, especially this particular version of, of Ganon and Ganondorf. Um, again, because I think it was like one of, it was the first Zelda I played. Um and so it was my first introduction to him as a boss. But I think for me, the main thing is that Ocarina of Time as a game feels like such a journey. When you finally get to fight him in the end in the end game, it feels like you've just been going forever. Like you've just done so much to get to this point. Because you've got to do like all of the all of the first kind of temples and then collect all the sage medallions and do a whole other bunch of stuff in between it's like a long feeling game by this point um and you kind of rock up to the castle and he's just got zelda and a crystal and he's just playing the organ like a boss and just i don't know it's just this whole setup while he's just like yeah i'm doing it i'm doing stuff what would you want um is really good and then he banishes navi off so it's just like you by yourself which feels weird because obviously navi's with you the whole time throughout the game Mm. even though she's irritating most of the time it's it does feel a bit weird when you do this this last section without without her um yeah and i don't know what it is about the table tennis game that you always seem to play with ganon you do don't you i didn't even think about that yeah like you've constantly got to do this thing where he fires a ball of light at you he just Um, loves table tennis. he loves a bit of tennis and you've got to like bat the ball of light back at him and then he'll hit it back at you and you have to just keep like <laughs> keep going before he'll like one of you lose essentially you have to play you're tennis. like you're like for fuck's sake Anna, can we just get this fight over and done with he's like no beast move table tennis first bitch yeah it's like some weird alternative universe section you always seem to go to where you're basically playing like at the olympic games <laughs> and then goes back to being in zelda because once you do that you then like have to fire a light hour at him and then you have to go over and stab him with your sword a couple of times and i think the other fun part about this is you you beat ganondorf and uh you kind of get this this little cutscene thing where zelda's released from the crystal and you leave you kind of escape the the castle as it kind of falls down and then you're like, oh, okay, we're all good. But then you're not good because then Ganon appears with his little pig face um, and he just rises out of the ashes of the, the castle and suddenly he's got twin swords and I don't know why he's got twin swords or how he got them, but he's got them. And you then have to basically do this whole other different fight where you have to smash his tail um, and like go around him and then Zelda helps you out like as she always does with some light stuff but I think it's just those that second bit like it's got you've got that nice break in the middle and I feel like when you first play that you get lulled into that full sense of okay I've I've beaten him even yeah. now when I play Zelda's I always know there's a Ganon part of Ganondorf bosses but I never remember that that exists I always beat Ganondorf and go yeah I did it 
And then I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot about this bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, honestly, one of the reasons why I didn't pick him um, for my number one is because I realised that apparently I just, I just block it out my fights with Ganon, or I don't ever finish the game. I think I'm really, when I was younger especially, I think I used to play a lot of the game and then I'd get to like the end bit where I'd have to fight Ganon at any point. Yeah. And then apparently I just checked out. That's fair. <laughs> apparently I don't like boss battles, guys. Um, I know I do remember, I remember table tennis. I do remember like certain things, but um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like the, the least memorable things to me about playing Zelda was, was those fights. And there's nothing to say that they weren't interesting or good fights. It was just, I don't know. I, I don't think I like him that much as a person. No, you just blocked the trauma from your brain. I think yeah. that's um but then also i think it probably comes down to my issue with ending a game because i don't mm. actually like ending games i get very sad and i don't want it to be over so i am one of those people that sometimes just doesn't end a game just never finishes it because i'm like well then it'll be over and i i, I can't cope with that so yeah sorry this is like coming down to some weird like deep shit now isn't it guys sorry <laughs> no but i did the same thing <laughs> like if i'm really enjoying a game I like will put it down and not do the last boss sometimes and then for a really long time and then I go back to it and I'm I'm not good at the game anymore so I can't yeah. do the last boss and then I'm like well, I'll have to restart it because I can't I can't do the game anymore so yeah no I'm with you that happens yeah. with me I I often will not do it Zelda I find is my exception um Ocarina is rare that I will get to this point though it's such a I find Ocarina so long Oh it's god, no! Okay, that, so that's to do. That's hundred percent one of the reasons is because Ocarina was so long, and I think as a kid, that's why I never really ever got to the end very much. Um, I remember it very well in Breath of the Wild, and like I do remember it well in Wind Waker. But yeah, yeah. like that one in particular, I know what you mean because it's just such it's such a fucking long game. I want it on Switch, and I really please remaster it so I can play it and actually yeah. finish it. But yeah, it's bloody long. Yeah, same. I I will play it when I'm older. It's difficult to do on the N64. Um, <laughs> when I'm older. Steph, I'm afraid to tell you. <laughs> you are older. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I hate this realisation when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a child playing video games anymore. This happened, guys. <sighs> Fuck my life. Um, <laughs> Ganon. Yeah. Good yeah, old, Ganon. good old Ganon. He we always comes back. He always no, comes back. Um, I only have one fact. It's a bit of a weird fact, but I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna throw it in there. Apparently, um, although Ganondorf is capable of taking damage from any item uh, that you own, except the hook shot or the long shot, um, apparently you can't ever beat him with anything other than a sword or the like big hammer. He like will never go below one HP. So you could use your boomerang the whole time to like your boomerang. Your boomerang. <laughs> you just heard what you wanted to hear. I definitely did not say boomerang. You just well, were like, I want to say I'm, boomerang. I'm going to listen back to this, and I'm All going right. to see. Fling and you'll your see boomerang at him. that I said boomerang. <laughs> I think we all want to know what a boomerang is now. It's just a boomerang with boobs on it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please continue. Um, oh, I don't even remember now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I always do this. My to number you. one. <laughs> You're talking seriously about fucking boomerangs, and I'm coming in and I'm boomerangs. making a fucking dirty, stupid joke about fucking boobs. You were saying that you can't get in below one HP without a boomerang. 
No. <laughs> With a boomerang. Sorry. With a boomerang. Yeah, that way around. <laughs> if we try and use boobs to defeat Ganon, it's not going to work, guys. <laughs> He's not into it. He can't be beaten. You'll get him pretty low, but it won't kill him. <laughs> good. That's uh, that was the only fact I had. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad I ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number one? My number one is Nemesis from Resident Evil Three. Oh, nice. Um, I'm probably mainly going to be going off of the remake for this one because, to be honest with you, I played like maybe a little bits of three when I was younger, really not very much like the old one. Um, and I played three like much more recently, and I have much better memories of it. So, um, yep. yeah, Nemesis, everyone knows him, everyone knows him and loves him. He's the main focus and primary villain of Resident Evil 3. Um, he's a bioengineered tyrant. Uh, similar, very similar to to Mr. X, he's also a tyrant, but um, Nemesis is much stronger because he was infected with some kind of parasite. Um, he pursues Jill throughout the whole entire game. He attacks with a variety of weapons, and he comes in many different forms. Um, he does have like some abilities and weaknesses and strengths that come with each of those, and you kind of sometimes you can down him sometimes you can't generally like you can only really defeat him properly at the end so he's just very annoying most of the time he can potentially be downed um but you just have to escape primarily and i think personally that's one of the one things that i love about him is the fact that he is so fucking annoying because you always just feel like he's going to be around every fucking corner you don't know where he's going to come from and a lot of time you know that you can't kill him and i think in some ways, that's the best fucking boss battle because the <laughs> boss battle is the whole fucking game. <laughs> so how how better you know how much better yeah, can you get than that? That's a really good point. I like um, it. You first meet him uh, in the in the remake because I don't think you meet him this way in the original. He basically crashes into your apartment, which kind of signifies the rest of his entrances and the rest of the game, <laughs> um, attempting to, to kill Jill. Um, apparently, he can also simply spawn in front of you potentially dropping out of the sky um which i don't think is good and i think a lot of people moaned about that i think that was more in the original um but yeah like he's just always chasing you he's always there and it it can be very annoying and i know i got really frustrated in the remake where i just didn't know how to escape him he was just getting in my way and he was just slashing me with his big fucking tentacle and killing me and it's frustrating but it's just so clever how they've kind of created this way that you just feel constantly chased, like that constant fear that you're being followed, that he's going to appear at any moment. And yeah, as I said, I, I honestly just think that's like the best kind of boss is just feeling like you can never escape them. <laughs> it's a it's a really good point. And he definitely still, doesn't matter how many times he does it either, he still managed to strike fear into your heart when he, you hear yeah. him coming. It's, you know, with Mr. With Mr. X, like, he does scare me, like, Mr. X with his trench coat and <laughs> fedora. Like, Mr. X can be scary, but I think mostly because you can just hear him stomp, stomp, stomping around. Yeah. Um, and he's scary in a different way, whereas Nemesis is kind of a bit more intense. Like, Mr. X is like that kind of slow stalker that you just know they're there, they're plodding about, and they're going to yeah. get you eventually, but you can kind of move around them, whereas Nemesis just, like, fucking 
piles in the room. Steamrolls in. Smashes the fucking door down. And you're like, oh, fuck. You know, I've got to run now. It's, it's a lot yeah. more intense. It's a lot more of an intense time. And you know that he is generally the main antagonist of the game. So you know that at some point you're going to have to murder him. Yeah. At some point. But he becomes a few different sort of forms. He becomes kind of like more like a kind of like a dog animal thing at one point. Like he grows like animal legs. I don't know. Like a his first, Yeah. His first form is very leathery. Mm. He's, in, he's into the leather a bit like mr x like he's he likes his um his leather outfits yeah they definitely Boots. go shopping together they do and i you know mr x is a little bit more into his kind of spy gear fedora a bit more classy whereas nemesis is like <laughs> give me that fucking leather just <laughs> leather, leather daddy up. full leather <laughs> yeah. daddy leather daddy exactly um yeah so anyway <laughs> i can't remember where i was going with that um <laughs> Oh, yeah. And towards the end, um, he basically just becomes a giant blob. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he gets less intelligent, apparently, as he, you know, has, it goes along. As The more blobby he gets, the less intelligent he gets. <laughs> um, the final fight isn't, I wouldn't say isn't actually that exciting. I think the final fight is a little bit different in the original to the remake. But the final fight, he's just big, basically a big blob. He's the size of a whole room. And you have to kind of get a railgun, charge it up each time, avoid his tentacles and kill him it's it's not that exciting but i think as i said the whole thing about him is just his overarching presence within Mm -hmm. the whole game yeah yeah i like it i like your theory of just like it's all a boss game because he's just always there and at any point he'll smash in and just here to ruin your day and make you deal with him yeah um we're gonna talk about my facts because there's one that is just killing me um so Jill Valentine, she uh, she's obviously located in America. So this is all happening in the US of A. But uh, apparently Nemesis was not conceived in the US of A. Oh. He was, a- he was actually a product of a, of a branch of Umbrella located in Paris. Um, so he's who were, French. Who were researching ways to make the tyrant more viable as a militaristic unit, attempting to overcome the hurdle of... Uh, Degenerative intelligence. So basically, he is a French leather daddy. <laughs> Bonjour, mademoiselle. Bonjour. We we we. In he smash. <laughs> when when he smashes, he uh... <laughs> just imagine him smashing in. Bonjour. Sava. <laughs> so yeah, now you can also envision that when when you play it. I love it. Um, so yeah, Nemesis is French. He says conceived. He's not. They're acting like he was actually conceived. He was made in a tube, I think. Conceived as well isn't like born. So it just makes it sound like oh, yeah. some doctors went to Paris, banged, and that's where he was. Conceived. I'd hate to see Nemesis's parents. I don't think they look good. Our beautiful child was conceived in Paris. It was a beautiful and romantic night look at his face um another fact that's not as humorous is that apparently there's an ancient greek goddess called ramanusia um who is the god the goddess of ramus which translates to nemesis which you'd never imagine for such a nice word um and that's apparently where they got the name um because it stands for yeah basically nemesis which means like um i think the ramnos is the goddess of vengeance and retribution and the name kind of means enemy in itself. So yeah. oh, okay, that's really cool. 
Um, apparently as well, what would become Nemesis in the original Resident Evil 3 was actually a rejected concept for Mr. X, the tyrant yeah. in Resident Evil 2 with the fedora. Uh, no, didn't have a fedora in the original. But um, yeah, so he he's not even original, really. He's no. rejected. He's rejected, rejected piece. It's a rejected piece of artwork conceived yeah. in France. Um, that's it, really. I don't have any more facts than that. I, I, I think I've sort of summed up why I, I love him and I love the dynamic of it all. I can't say that I was calm during the whole game. I was definitely not calm. Um, would I have preferred that there wasn't a leathery maniac chasing me? Yes, but the, what they've done was very well was very well done i think yeah in in striking fear in people which is the you know it's a scary game it's a horror game it's meant to be it's meant to be intimidating and, and frightening so yeah 10 yeah out of 10 yeah i think that's a good point especially for like the main boss in a in a game as well like it's often i feel like sometimes overlooked when you know a thing that isn't the main finishing boss is the is the more scary thing or the worst thing to deal with so the mm. fact that they managed to keep him consistently like that the way through yeah really like cool. there wasn't i mean i guess there was points where i was like for fuck's sake but there wasn't a point where i was like okay can i fight someone else now like i i didn't i kind of i think i got to the point where i was like let me at him let me kill him i'm sick yeah. of his shit like you know i i i i did it does kind of make you want to get to that boss fight to kill him but it wasn't like i was getting to a point where i was like okay i'm bored necessarily yeah. it was frustrating frustrating but um they, you know, I, I, because you have other things obviously distracting. You have zombies, and you've got other like monsters and stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I think when they can create an enemy that has such a, I don't know what the word is. It's like an overarching, just unnerving presence. Mm. I think to have a boss like that is, is yeah, and and to do it well, yeah. Hats off to them. Yeah, ten out of ten, French leather boy. I approve. <laughs> I like it. That's good. That's a. I think this has been an interesting list, actually. Um, I don't quite know like what I thought we'd get, but I'm I'm glad that we've got them yeah. for sure. It's been a I, good time. I, I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is the end of yet another list of game things. <laughs> yes. That is the end. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> Um, I didn't mean it was the end of the podcast. I just meant that was the end of the list section of this podcast. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> Good day. Can you imagine if our endings of our like episodes were actually that efficient? I mean, if God. we were going to end, ending with a boss battle top five would be the way to go. But we promise you we're not. Yeah. We're not it going just yet. We'll return again. Might be five weeks from now, but we'll definitely return. <laughs> we'll be back. Um, but in the meantime, if you'd like to buy some hats. Yep, you can head over to gametill5.com. Uh, there's a nice link on there. Or check us out on Etsy just by searching gametill5, or one word. And obviously, just if you want to look at our stuff, just yeah, go to gametill5. We've also got Instagram, socials, gametill5. It's all there. Um, and if you'd like to leave us a lovely review, we'd appreciate that, whether it be Apple Podcast or, I don't know, wherever you review podcasts, that'd be nice. Yep, that's always very much appreciated. Um, and we love hearing from you guys. If you want to, you know, let us know your top fives, you can always talk to us on the Discord. We always like hearing Ah, uh, yes. The link is on our website. All the links are on the website. That's why we made the website. <laughs> I, yes. 
And uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Over the website. Yeah, it's fair. So um, I made it. <laughs> I did. I made it with these fair hands. We've gone insane now, so I must end. Yeah, it's um, got to that point. We don't know what we're sanity. <laughs> Well, thanks for everyone for tuning in, and we will be back soon. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>